I'm your host, David Frost. This is my strategic forecast where you get common sense market analysis. Today is April 10, 2019. We're looking at a daily chart of the SPY or Spider, which is the proxy for the S&P 500. Last we spoke, yesterday was basically a down day. Nothing more, nothing less. We closed above the 287. We talked about all that stuff in yesterday's video. I'm not going to rehash all of it. Let's discuss where we are and what's going on as we move into the future. So basically, there was no day yesterday, right? Down day, history, it's out of memory. Today, the market's back up. That's all we care about. All we care about is where we are on the charts. We're in the hot zone. We're in the red zone. But here's what we have to know. We're bantering back and forth. Now, what does that mean? Sometimes we laugh when I say we're bantering back and forth, but the reality is I say it for a specific reason. I'm really using it in place of a term that a lot of other traders use, and I use it all the time, but it's a word consolidation. We're bantering back and forth. There's buyers, there's sellers. It's an indecision point is what it is. Now, that's the way most people would look at it. I actually look at it a little bit different. I think the market's already made a decision. I think it's just a way station. What's a way station? We're just passing through. Has anything changed from yesterday? No. Has anything changed from two, three, four, five days ago? No. The market's in an uptrend. It will continue in an uptrend. The trend is your friend until it's not. We're going to take a look at the intraday chart in a moment. Before we do, let me pause and thank everybody who participates and posts comments underneath the video every single night. I love the interaction, and you know how I especially love the banter back and forth. And if... Only if it's worthy, please hit the thumbs up button on the video and share the video with anybody that you think can benefit from this information. So getting back to business, I thought we might be able to learn something from the intraday shorter term 10 minute chart. So here's where the day opened. We closed yesterday. Remember that spike through the 287? We bantered around 287, and then we rallied at the end of the day. Here's where we opened the day. So there was a gap higher. There was a early morning shakeout of the Johnny-come-latelys. How does that work? The market's gapping up. There are traders waiting until 9.30 so they can hit the button to buy whatever they're going to buy, assuming they're going to hop on board. However, the market gods don't really let that happen too often. So what happens is they shake them out, last in, first out, Johnny come latelys. What'd they do? Went down to fill the gap. Let's see how close that came. So as far as I'm concerned and any trader that's taken any of my courses know this is where I consider the gap being filled. The gap being filled was 287.32. Now when we come over here to see as the market spiked lower, the low here is 287.32. The low here, 287.31. The low here, 287.32. The low here, 287.34. And the rest is history. We go away from that number we trade sideways for the remainder of the day until the end of the day ramp shows up. 
where all of a sudden a mysterious computerized buy program ends up buying up the market into the end of the day. We've never seen that before. Just to magnify that point a little further, here's the SPY three minute chart. So the last candle you see is three minutes worth of market activity into the end of the session. Was there really that type of buying frenzy from people that forgot to buy earlier in the day? No, that's just whatever you want to call it. Speaking of which, I know there's a lot of conspiracy theorists out there, which is fine. I like a good conspiracy theory every now and again. But the ones I'm talking about are the ones that believe that the market is totally manipulated in its entirety every single day, all of the time. So here's where I'll leave that one. Can you manipulate a stock or the S&P 500 or anything whatsoever for a short period of time with tons of money? Of course you can. It happens all the time. But the bigger picture from the bigger charts, all the bigger stuff that we discuss, meaning 100, 150 point moves in the S&P, that kind of stuff is not manipulation. Those things are going to happen regardless. Important turns happen when stocks or markets get to important price areas. That's just the way it is. If you've been watching these videos for quite a while, you've seen this over and over and over again. But I thought it would be a kick just to address the conspiracy theorists out there. And there's nothing wrong with them. Again, I love a good conspiracy theory. All right, back in our lane where are we? Where are we going? What are the bogeys? What's the bogey on the downside? Well, the bogey on the downside still to me has to be 287. Maybe it's 50 cents on the north or the south side of that, but if we begin closing hourly and then daily below 287, I'm going to have to believe we're going to head toward the 20 period moving average at a minimum. However, keep in mind, there's nothing today on this chart that says the market's pointing lower. Remember yesterday we looked at a myriad of other charts. Let's go back and double check those charts. We had the hourly chart. We talked about the gap. We filled the gap. We retested that area. We made the case or we can certainly make the case that we can consider that 287 general area somewhat of another breakout area. And here's something that's even more important than that, and it's discussed in detail, taught in detail in the course at Lazy E-Mini Trader. It had to do with time. Time is more important than price. When time and price converge, you have a trade on your hands. The 60-minute chart was interesting. We talked about it. Look where we are now. We also looked at the 120-minute chart. Again, we made the same case it's just a chart with a different viewpoint from a different lens. That's all. We just loosen the belt one more notch. Then we looked at the 240-minute chart, and we decided everything's in an uptrend. We're just bantering back and forth. This looks very similar to the daily chart. There's nothing wrong with this market whatsoever. Guess what? That remains the case. Until and unless we have a sign or a signal of a trend change, the tickets at will call are for higher prices. And then we finished back up at the daily chart and we have on our screen 290, 291.72 is a gap. Somewhere in that zone, somewhere in that neighborhood, we're looking for signs and a signal of a trend change. Keep in mind, 
The higher we go, the more bullish everybody becomes. The pundits, the media, your neighbors, you. The higher the market goes, the harder it is to believe that it can go the other way. That works in reverse. We talk about it all the time. Remember how everybody felt in December when we were what? Looking for a low. Now what are we doing? We're looking for a high. We're just not at final destination yet. That's what the market says. That's not what I'm saying. I'm the umpire calling balls and strikes. New topic for a second, Lyft. Now, I'm not bringing up Lyft because it's a buy or a sell or anything like that. I'm bringing up Lyft because it's a recent IPO. There's other IPOs on the board. You have Uber, I think Levi, and there are others. The name slipped my mind, but I know there are other IPOs scheduled to come out soon. Lyft was a failure. We talked about it already, and the reason I want to bring it back up is because they haven't been able to resolve the fact that it's a failure. So one of two things has to happen. Either they have to resolve Lyft and it has to go back up. They'll have some excuse why it went down. They already tried the short seller routine, but it continues down further. They tried to blame Morgan Stanley and this, that, and the other thing. But the fact remains that there are more sellers than buyers. That's it. It's just supply and demand. Nothing more, nothing less. So here's the point. Unless they resolve Lyft and come out with an excuse that everybody can buy into, then Uber and Levi and whatever other IPOs are coming out soon are either going to have to be repriced or delayed. And that was really the two things. It was either repriced or delayed. There's one more option. Neither of those two things happen. How does that happen? They resolve Lyft somehow. The market stays high or continues higher. Everybody forgets about Lyft and they can't get enough of Uber and it becomes a successful IPO. And the other side of that one is they don't resolve Lyft. The market does not stay up. They don't get Uber out before the market turns around and Uber gets scratched. That one probably has the lowest probability. There are just too many pockets waiting to be filled on the Uber IPO. How about something more constructive, as they say? IWM. Well, my favorite market-leading indicator. Now, this is a puzzle piece. It's on the table. It's a rather large puzzle piece. Check it out. So we're up 2 bucks on the IWM, 1.37%. As a comparison, the Spider, or the S&P 500, was up less than one-half of 1%. So this is a big deal. We took a little bit of a shimmy down in the IWM. Now we're trying to get above the recent highs. We haven't gotten there yet. And recent highs, I'm referring to the very recent highs right here. The high is 157.47. We're close. And if we get up here, we'll see where the S&P 500 is at the time, the SPY. We've been discussing this for a long, long time. If the SPY happens to be at the top end of that hot zone and the IWM is unable to break out of these highs here and specifically from the 25th of February, that would be a negative divergence in my camp. However, if the IWM does break out to the upside, that's something the bulls can hang their hat on and will expect higher prices across the board. Now, we have to qualify this. We have to see institutional 
conviction type buying. That means on volume. If we see light volume and markets are floating higher or creeping higher, that's a different story. We'll obviously continue to talk about it, but I wanted to do the data dump, let you inside my head, and pull the stuff out. What's going on over in the transportation department? Nothing new. Yesterday was just a down day. That's all we said it was. It was a down day. The transports are basically still doing what? Bantering back and forth. It's above all the moving averages. We're bantering back and forth, but yet building energy to do what? to probably go fill the gap that's above up in the northern hemisphere at 10,850 spot 44. Same thing applies for the bogey on the downside. The transports can actually come lower, stay above the 50 and 20 period moving averages that are right above 10,400. As long as we stay inside, daily closes inside of this breakup candle low, which is 10,432 spot 96, then it still stays in a bullish position. And that's why you can't really do anything with this. It's in the middle of a range. What's the range? The gap above and the breakup candle low below. But just because we can't do anything in terms of a trade, doesn't mean we don't learn something from it. How about the tech gurus out in Silicon Valley? What's going on out there? Well, we continue higher. Look at this trend. How do you argue this trend? Somebody can, but it's not going to come from me. I find it very difficult to argue this trend. What I can say about it is it's a very strong uptrend, but it's getting extended, meaning overbought, or away from home base, away from the 20 period moving average. But if we stall out, if we go sideways, if we come down a little bit toward home base, toward the 20 period moving average, that doesn't necessarily disrupt the trend. This is in an uptrend. It is what it is. Again, I'm an umpire calling balls and strikes. What happens when we look at a weekly chart? Do we see the same picture? No, we don't see the same picture. That's why you have to look at a bunch of stuff. What we see is a market coming up to a double top. Can we trade through it? Of course we can, but we need to be aware of where the double top area is. Now, look how far extended the QQQ is from its home base on the 20-week moving average. Keeping in mind, this is a weekly chart, so nothing happens overnight, nothing happens in one or two days, but it's something of note. How far away do we think it's going to get from home base? The SMH, a good proxy within the tech sector. So here we have a similar situation that we have in the queues. A very strong uptrend, somewhat relentless. If we look at the weekly chart, we see the same thing. We did last night. I'm not going to bring up the weekly chart again with the SMH. It looks the same. We're coming up to another double top. We're coming up to the all-time highs. Of course, I'll bring up the weekly chart. Why wouldn't I? And you'll see that we can certainly trade through. You see the moving averages. You see the 20 period moving average turning up. But again, this is a long-term chart. It's a weekly chart. We're pretty far away from home base. That's the way I see it. On the weekly chart, again, realizing we're not going to see anything happen immediately, but it's of note. It's a puzzle piece. It's on the table. What I want everybody to do is realize that 
we look at charts ranging from a very, very short-term intraday chart all the way out to ones that take weeks and months to play out and everything in between, and that's how we paint the picture. If you want to paint your own picture, all the tools are found in the course at Lazy E-Mini Trader. I started with Apple, so I have to keep with Apple. So we have a tail candle from yesterday in Apple. We looked at a couple of different charts. It's still in effect. If anybody is trading Apple, you trade it against yesterday's high. A daily close above yesterday's high, you have to be out of the trade. Might still work out, but those are the rules as the rules exist. Deviate from the rules, pay the consequences, or reap the benefits. We know the routine. I'm just stating the rules doesn't mean it's going to work like that 100% of the time. But what did we get today? Well, we're starting to see a retracement take place. So we'll see if the retracement stops short and turns around of yesterday's high or if it goes through yesterday's highs. We'll see. A lot of it's going to depend on what the overall market is doing. If there's a big buying frenzy in the market, I would imagine Apple would be a participant. And if it wasn't, and that did take place, meaning a buying frenzy in the market, and Apple wasn't participating, that would be very, very meaningful. That would be very, very bearish behavior for Apple if that scenario took place. So just keep that one in the back of your mind. We're jumping around a little bit. XLF. So I have something else to show you in relation to the XLF. I find this interesting. So nothing's changed in the XLF. So we were up one half of 1%, which was rather, which was for the most part on par with the S&P. So no real new news or breaking news there. But we're hovering. We're bantering. We're actually stuck in between the 20 and the 50 period moving average and the 200 period moving average. So we're bantering back and forth. Bantering back and forth could also be seen as building energy to trade higher. So let's look at this a different way. And if I bring up a different chart, let's see what we find in the TLT. So the TLT is a chart that tracks the 20-plus-year treasury bonds. So let's just say 20 to 30-year treasury bonds. This is the prices of treasury bonds opposite the prices of yields. So if price of treasury bonds is rising, the price of yields is going lower. If the prices of treasury bonds are going lower, the price of yields go higher. Why is that important? Well, I'll get to that in a second. What do we have here? We have a chart that looks like anybody that's taken the course at Lazy E-Mini Trader should know exactly what this chart is likely to do next. And they also know why. And there's about three reasons why it should happen. I take that back. Maybe two, two and a half reasons. Could it trade slightly higher? Yeah, it could trade slightly higher. Look at the hourly chart. The hourly chart is stair-stepping its way higher. So we'll see. Here's a gap up here. It doesn't look like it's been filled, hasn't been filled yet. There's a 100-period moving average. Can certainly trade higher, but what the daily chart is saying is it really should be turning around and heading back in the other direction. Why is that important? How does that relate to the financials? Well, here's how it relates to the financials. If the price of bonds is going lower, the yields are going higher. Remember the discussion we had about the inverted yield curve? We looked at the TLT. I said it'll probably top out somewhere around 127. 
Maybe it's 126 and a half, 127 and a half, something in that neighborhood. That's pretty much what happened at the same time we discussed the fact that there was a media frenzy going on. The financials are dependent on the market, but they're also dependent on interest rates. They make more money when interest rates are higher. It's called a spread. They borrow money at one number and they lend it out at a different. And if that spread widens, they make more money by accident right to the bottom line. So when interest rates rise, you and I pay the banks more money because interest rates are rising. The banks like that. That's good for the banks. It's bad for us. If it's good for the banks and the bank stocks like it, we go back and look at the XLF. What do we find? We find the XLF bantering underneath the 200-period moving average. Now, it may not get very far, but if the 200-period moving average was going to be real, real formidable resistance, real significant overhead resistance, if that was the case, why wouldn't price have been rejected already? I don't have the answer. It's an open question. I find it interesting. We'll find out soon. That's basically everything I had and had intended to discuss tonight. So we'll give it a wrap here. I'm David Frost, my strategic forecast. Thanks for tuning in for another episode of Common Sense Market Analysis. My Strategic Forecast is hosted by David Frost. Subscribe, rate, and review on your favorite podcast app. And please visit MyStrategicForecast.com for more information. My Strategic Forecast is common sense market analysis.